Welcome to episode 164 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. If you were listening to the last episode, you will have heard me mention the third year anniversary of Stageworthy, which was this past Saturday, January the 5th. And so this, I guess, is the uh, end of the third year anniversary episode of Stageworthy. I woke up today to uh, discover that Stageworthy has been nominated for a Canadian Podcast Award in the arts category. Uh, so that's sort of a, a really great gift to get on the on the anniversary, the third year anniversary. Um, it's it's been quite a ride to 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 get to to three years and to to consistently put out episodes every week. Um, with a couple of exceptions around the holidays and things like that, but it has been pretty much every week. And sometimes during busy seasons like the Toronto Fringe, more than once a week. Uh, a couple of things that I want to do in the in the next little while, uh, I do want to talk to some people. I know that I tend to be very Toronto-specific, and that's just because that's where I'm from and that's where I live, so it makes it re- a lot easier for me to sit down with people face-to-face. But I would like to get people from outside of the Toronto area. I would love to talk to people in theatre in Vancouver and Edmonton and Winnipeg and, and, and also some more people on the East Coast because I did have the pleasure of talking to some great people on the East Coast this past fall. So I'd like to do more of that. I would also like to reconvene the Indie Theatre Creators Roundtable. I would love to do that again and do that a couple of times because I know that there is a, a hunger uh, for a lot of people to to learn about how indie theatre is made and, and, and funded and, and advertised. And so I would love to have some more conversations about that. So look for all of that uh, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, if you wanted to drop me a line to uh, wish Stageworthy a, a happy three-year anniversary, uh, you can do that by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. You can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And my website is PhilRickaby.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and if you've been listening for three years two years, one year, a couple of months, a couple of weeks, if this is your first episode. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because your ratings and comments do help new people find the show. Or, you know, even better, if you know somebody that you think will like the show, tell them about it. Some of my favorite podcasts became my favorites because somebody I knew told me about them. My guest this week is Cynthia Ashberger. Cynthia is an actor, an acting teacher, and director, and under the pen name of Lola Zenos, the writer of the book for the musical Foreign Tongue, which plays as part of the 2019 Next Stage Festival, starting January 9th in Toronto. I want to start by asking you to tell me about Foreign Tongue. Yes. Foreign Tongue, which started as a foreign accent syndrome play and then tongue play. Mm -hmm. And then for a very short time, speaking in tongues. Okay. Now it's finally found its proper title, Mm -hmm. which is Foreign Tongue. Mm -hmm. Um, As a young actress um, who already had a career in former Yugoslavia, mm-hmm. in Zagreb, where I was born. 
Um, and around Yugoslavia, I got married to a Canadian and I came to Canada and uh, became that girl with an accent, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the blonde girl with an accent. Mm -hmm. And then my name was spelled C-I-N-T-I-J-A. Okay. A-S-P-E-R-G-E-R. -E okay. And now it's C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-S-H-P-E-R-G-E-R. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so very two very different identities. Yeah. And at that moment, when I was still was Cynthia with J is silent, mm -hmm. um, but often pronounced Cintija, um, <laughs> everyone was asking me, where are you from? Mm -hmm. So fast forward many, many, many years later, um, now 30 years later, mm -hmm. and a longer portion of my life uh, spent in Canada mm -hmm. than in former Yugoslavia, that question still sure. comes up. Yeah. So um, I wanted to speak about this. I wanted to speak about... No pun intended, but speaking with an accent mm. uh, on stage. Mm. I think it's um, it's really um, a, a very important and, and very timely topic. Mm. And uh, about six years ago, I heard about this medical condition known as the foreign accent syndrome, mm -hmm. where a person either hits <coughs> their head, has a migraine or has a stroke. They fall into a coma. And when they wake up from a coma, they speak with a foreign accent. Mm. So the first recorded uh, case was in, in during the Second World War in Norway, mm -hmm. where a woman got injured by a shrapnel in, uh, during the, the war. And she woke up and she spoke with a German accent mm. and she got ostracized mm. as a result. So <laughs> she became the other. Mm. You are othered. And... Uh, when I read that uh, about this American woman mm. who, um, I think, I can't remember exactly her story, but it was in the Toronto Star. I think she had a stroke mm -hmm. or she fell down the stairs, one or the other. And she woke up and she spoke with a thick accent. Mm -hmm. And she has never left America mm. prior to that. I got mm. an inspiration yeah. and I thought, well... <coughs> Um, this is my story. I fell mm. asleep on an airplane. I woke up. Mm. I wasn't in a coma for six weeks, but mm. uh, all of a sudden I spoke with an accent, yeah. whereas never before have I spoken with no. an accent because no. in Croatian I don't have one. Mm. And uh, over the years, my accent has become smaller. Sure. You know, when I first came, I was having a little more of an accent. Yeah. I, people were making fun of it. And then you work hard and you work hard. And after a while, you soften your R's uh -huh. and you do your W's, you know that they are not V's. And you know your TH's and you know your diphthongs and yeah. you drill it and drill it and drill it and drill it. And your tongue can only do so much. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. after the age of 12, mm -hmm. your tongue is fully formed. Yeah. And it can only be modified, but your tongue muscle, which is, by the way, the strongest muscle in your body. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that before I started <laughs> writing this play, but our tongue muscle is the strongest muscle. And yes, when you think about it, it works all the time yeah, because we talk a lot. Um, you can modify it. Mm -hmm. You can you can sort of get new muscles, but but certain things that, that are like muscle bound, mm -hmm. you can't fix them anymore. Yeah. 
You just simply can't. Yeah. And depending on which language, and that that differs. So, yeah. th- therefore, the tongue in this title. And every time we had four titles, but the tongue mm-hmm. was always in it, and yeah. and foreign, also. <laughs> now, this is also a musical. It is. So, how did was it always a musical, or when did it become a musical? Yeah, it became a musical right away. Okay. I, I I I woke up um, and I started writing. What if your tongue is wrong? What if you sound foreign? What if you don't belong? Mm. Where were you born? Mm. Where there's a will, there's a way. Take some lessons, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that was my that was the beginning of yeah. then foreign accent syndrome play, mm. and I just thought, well. I don't know why, but this is a musical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it 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 came out of those rhymes. Yeah. I think I was inspired by 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 Brechtian plays, mm-hmm. where which which are often uh, satirical in their nature, especially yeah. by the Threepenny Opera, yeah. which I've done, um, and and where you know um, there is. There is um, um, something in Three Penny Opera that speaks to stereotype of a beggar. Mm-hmm. Now, here we're speaking to a stereotype of a, of an accented person, of a foreigner, of an yeah. immigrant, of a refugee, of an mm-hmm. immigrant, yeah. really, of an immigrant. But someone who is on the other side, you yeah. know, of a, of a certain glass um, wall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- then then I thought, okay, and, and I mean, I love how... how Threepenny Opera um, has that satire, but has the reality, and how when you break into the song, in a way, it just reminds the audience, hey, guys, we're watching a play, yeah. and what do you think about all of this? You know, mm-hmm. so the songs are, the songs, many of the songs have that mm-hmm. function, and as well, there are obviously the classical musical theater function yeah. songs in this in this musical, which are the moment that you're at the heightened emotion, sure. you, you break into song, and by the way, Threepenny Opera has both of those. So that was yeah. an inspiration. Mm. Had you had you ever uh, written a musical before, or is this your first? This is my first. Okay. So um, was you knew that you wanted it to be a musical, but then like, what was your next step? Um, then I wrote. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote mm-hmm. and I once I got the the the, the first draft. Um, I found the first composer, but as I was writing, mm-hmm. I suppose I I also for some reason thought I I just can't write under Cynthia Ashberger. Mm-hmm. I can't. Um, partly because the identity of of this person in Canada now is the identity of an actor mm-hmm. and the identity of a director and a teacher. Mm-hmm. But partly because I thought, but I want the freedom. I want to be someone else. I want to be the writer. Sure. I don't want to be the actor. I want to be the writer. Mm -hmm. And I have written certain things, adaptations before and uh, film scripts under my own name. But for some reason for this, I just had more freedom when I um, was Lola Zenos. Well, I mean, I suppose um, there's a there's baggage that comes with your own name and a certain expectations. Yes. And writing under a different name, suddenly those are gone. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and for me, this is all about language and identity. Mm-hmm. And our conversation started about my two different names. Yeah. And about what what's in a name. Well, mm-hmm. um, yes. Yeah, what's in a name? I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, a rose. Uh, but... Um, but there is something in a name as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, this Zenos, the last name, you know, was a clever thing, which is obviously the foreigner in, yeah. in Greek. And the words xenophobia and xenophilia come from that. And mm-hmm. we have both. We yeah. have xenophobes and xenophiles. Mm-hmm. And my play is about, my musical is mm-hmm. about both of those. Okay. So we have people who are absolutely enchanted mm-hmm. and enamored of people who are <clears throat> foreigners. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have people who are um, put off mm-hmm. by something that is different or mm-hmm. strange, mm-hmm. you know. And then my name, Lola, um, you know, I guess that's a little more serious. We had, uh, we had in, in, in Yugoslavia, we had an anti-fascist <laughs> fighter, mm-hmm. Ivo Lola Ribar, okay. that was a guy. And, um, and I thought, um, you know, I just really want to um, take that name because um, I like, uh, the idea of standing up for those who are on the margins. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And especially these days mm-hmm. and in these very yeah. challenging challenging times, I yeah. would say very challenging times uh, from yeah. many different directions where yeah. uh, you know people are just um in a way stressing um differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find currently Mm -hmm. rather than similarities and what connects us i think uh, i want i I wanted to speak about that and i will say that when i started this Mm -hmm. six years ago um, we were in a slightly different political climate Um, but still um, it's interesting how over the time in fact um, this i would say this musical became more and more apropos If we could, I'd like to talk about um, how you got to the theater. Like, why... So you, you, you came from Croatia. Were you already doing theater there? Yes, yes. Okay. So what drew you to the theater there, and what continued you on that journey here? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I was 12 when I, uh, when I uh, shot my first movie okay i i I was picked out of a lineup in a like on a children's one of those places where you go and play sure yeah Uh, and and the director came and we would in this play room i guess we would do plays sometimes Mm. and there were some of us who i guess were into it and uh and then the lady who was um really fantastic who was playing who was this kind of legendary amateur theater i i I would say Mm -hmm. uh woman um back in in zagreb she said well you know there are these people who take a look at them and then they and they asked me to to do a test shoot and i got a movie and then um there was a half hour science little science fiction movie in fact Mm. And then at the end of it, um, 
I got, I think, enough money to buy a bike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, this is really good. Little did I know mm-hmm. <laughs> that in theater, <laughs> you might do a lot of things and not and have not... enough money to buy a bike. No, no. <laughs> but, but there yeah. I did. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I just thought, well, you, I was playing and that was fun. And, mm-hmm. and at the end, I got to buy a bike. But more seriously mm-hmm. than later on, when I was 14, I just I joined a, a community theater mm-hmm. you know and 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 it just i don't know i just didn't see any other option mm-hmm. but to do that it's mm-hmm. one of those you know i got the bug early and i just pursued yeah. the bug and never since i was 14 done anything else mm. well, how did you end up teaching um well it has to do with uh, <laughs> with the accent mm-hmm. okay it does have to do with the accent when i came here um in 1986, I was here for a few years and I did a few plays, wonderful with Banita Rubish, Boom Baby Boom, uh, was one of the highlights. And I did Ophelia with uh, Tibur Feheregazi in, in Persephone in Saskatoon. And um, there were other plays that I did, but I somehow... Um, wanted more i i was i realized that i was being hired by people who either had immigrant parents mm-hmm. or were accented themselves panyotarubish damir andre tibor feheregehazi um claude giming i mean it was all people who mm-hmm. who who wanted to work with Sigrid herzog who came from germany as yeah. a, an um, invitation of uh, then equity showcase what a wonderful institution mm-hmm. that we uh, unfortunately no longer have yeah. and um and i i started to realize i mean that was my my moment of where are you from mm-hmm. uh, which was I guess the the, the fuel for uh, for this um, this work now mm-hmm. for for foreign tongue, and at some point I got an invitation to go back to Zagreb and um, and to uh, act there, and I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, my daughter by then, my Canadian daughter and my <coughs> Canadian husband, mm-hmm. Alan Eastman and Sybil Eastman, they uh, we all moved back there, and I, okay. and we said, okay, we'll. We'll do it over there for mm. a little while because things were just kind of a little easier for me there. And Alan, who who is a film and TV director, he would be coming here, and he was working here as a you know as a guest worker mm. in Canada, but would come home to mm. to Croatia. But then, as my character Vishnya in Foreign Tongue would say, the war broke out. <laughs> Bad luck. Bad luck. <laughs> And so the war broke out, mm-hmm. and then we took an airplane and we came back to our dear Canada. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I said, Okay, the war was long, and I said, I will be making my life in Canada, mm-hmm. and this is my dear homeland mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I'm no returning back. Mm-hmm. So at that point, um, it was a, it, those were very hard years, yeah. and at some point, um, I started a little um, class. I had already taught a little bit um, um, back there, and I started uh, a class um, at a at a village playhouse in um, in um, in Bloor West mm-hmm. Village, and and I I just wanted to. <clears throat> 
to practice my art, really. And got a group of people going. And as I started teaching, I realized I, I, I... loved it Mm -hmm. you know i probably wouldn't have started the class if i didn't love it no it's true it's kind of you come to it again you come to it i don't know how you come to it but i think now that i've been teaching for 25 years or longer really uh 28 uh you come to it i think teachers are also kind of born it emerges Mm -hmm. from you at certain Mm -hmm. point where you feel like you have something to do and Mm -hmm. you grow together i mean i I, i'm certainly a different teacher now than i was in 91 Mm -hmm. but uh you grow together with um with teaching and with your students and you learn from them and i think this is this big turning you know big conversation that happens Mm -hmm. and and somehow it just at some point i was i was i auditioned i auditioned for something here in toronto where i thought that i i did really well in the audition um this is my classic story sure. <laughs> and <laughs> and it was for a part of a lesbian mm-hmm. and um and it was um good addition and I, I I thought I was sure I was going to yeah. get this and uh, I ran into the director socially a couple of days ago and I said you know I thought I really did well at that audition and like um, was searching will I get a call back will I will something happen and um, and she said you know you did a wonderful addition but a lesbian with an accent she said, that is just a little more than our play could take. Hmm. Hmm. And I understood. Yeah. I understood at that time that, yeah, that was a long time ago and it was a galaxy far away and was a different time. Mm-hmm. And I understood that even then it was, um, you know, the, the some material of this play was challenging enough, yeah. I think, that the complication of a foreigner being one of the leads Mm. uh a foreigner once again you see i'm I'm othering myself um but at the same time i thought okay this didn't have anything to do with relations Mm -hmm. um like mother father daughter son where that has to be worked out precisely This is a new play. It's about Canada and it's about just the sexual sexual orientation. And even here, it's too much. Mm. And then I thought, okay, um, I think I need to put my efforts into um, teaching, which I also love and gives me an incredible amount of uh, artistic satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I, I just put all my efforts into it. Yeah. So now in, in my uh, musical, mm-hmm. uh, Vishnya, my character, she, she uh, actually gets a phone call at, at the end of the, um, um, towards the end of mm-hmm. the play and, and her, it's her agent and she goes, oh, they want me to be in a play at Factory Theatre? lesbian sure i can be a lesbian 
and they want to have me just because I have an accent. <laughs> so I fixed it. I fixed it. I fixed it. It they now are giving me that part mm. because I have an accent. Yes. You you mentioned when you went back to Croatia before the war, your husband and your daughter went with you. Yeah. Um did they find when they were there that now they were the other? Well, she was three and she picked up ah, the language okay. immediately. Yes, and she, okay. by the time she was five, she mm-hmm. she fluently sure, yeah. spoke the five-year-old's mm. uh, Croatian. Sure. And that's the thing, that is another theme of my play. It was good that you ask. Ellen didn't because mm. English is the lingua franca. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. No. English is the language of the world. Mm-hmm. And if you have an in- English fluency, yeah. you are pretty much understood around the world. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can communicate. Right. Uh, especially in Europe. Yes. And, um, you know, that is, for me, if you will, the, the political statement, even though we are in a goofy comedy. Sure. I will have you all know. Um, the, 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 the goofy musical comedy does have its political statement, like the Book of Mormon does. Sure. And it is that, you know, um, I, I would really argue at this point that speaking English is um, now... Um, a stronger advantage um, than even the color of your skin. Mm. Speaking English without an accent, Mm. that is, speaking an English without an accent Mm. is the kind of, um, it's it's a huge Mm -hmm. amount of power. Sure, yeah. And uh, knowing how to, you know, construct your sentences grammatically correctly yeah. and um, knowing your articles, knowing where your errors and those are yeah. and knowing how to, you know, communicate, yeah. um, which I've spent a lot of time learning, mm-hmm. but still occasionally make a mistake. Sure. Um, you know, so um, it is a, it is a, um, you know, I don't want to get too serious, but it is uh, for for those of you who were born in English, yeah. and and my daughter who is now fluent as well in English. I mean, she's Canadian. She's. Yeah. Uh, it is it is a huge gift yeah. that you you get, and and I think it's a it's there is a lot of a kind of. There is, I, I will say the wor- word that is bandied about a lot, but there is a lot of privilege that no, comes with it. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, English is the language of business in, in my, most of the many, world, Many, right? many places. And so, and also, it's a comp- it is a complicated language to learn. Like... Vocabularies. Vocabulary, yeah. Irregular verbs. Mm, yep. However, grammatically, English is pretty easy. Mm. For the basic grammar, yes, yeah, which you guys don't have to learn because you we just, just do, do it, do it. But do we it. have to learn it. Yeah. We have to learn. I am. You are. He. She. It yeah. is. We are. You are. They are. And there's always that is, mm-hmm. which is why isn't it are? Yeah. I am. You are. He. She. It are. We are. You are. They are. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so you have to memorize that yeah. part. <laughs> there's also. I mean. There's. A certain order, if you're listing things, there's an order in which they happen, and we do it naturally. 
But, and I can't remember what it is because it's a thing that we don't think about. But if you do it, if you were to do it out of order, people would think... They wouldn't understand you. You would sound insane. And if you don't put the article, which mm-hmm. always really surprises me yeah. in English, mm-hmm. and which people from Eastern Europe have a problem with because yeah. we don't have articles in yeah. uh, Slavic languages. Mm-hmm. Um, if I omit the article, people sometimes don't understand what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. If yeah. I just go with the noun, if mm-hmm. I omit the article and go with noun, yeah. you might not understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then there is the irregular ver- verbs, mm-hmm. do you know? See, yep. verbs, yep. verbs, the, the irregular <laughs> verbs, um, like cut, 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 put, 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 hit, mm-hmm. hit, hit, be, was, been, he's, see, so, seen, have, had, had, yeah. um, those you have to memorize. Sure. And there All is, the things that, that you've memorized, but, like, I could not do that list because... It doesn't occur to me. No, of course you don't and need to say. Right. Yeah. You 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 don't say. I put it this. Yeah. Um, but we have to know that the ed is yeah. not going to be added to that put. Yeah. In that specific mm-hmm. verb put, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. where you know, uh, there typically we will do uh, we will uh, for mm-hmm. for the three tenses we will use the ed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. Um, the ed suffix. <laughs> now, as a teacher at Ryerson, what is what is your what is your topic? What do you teach? I teach acting. Teach acting, okay. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that you can teach. Of course, at a, at a theater school. Um, I did. Uh, I do a lot of psychophysical stuff. Okay. So I guess that's where it. That's where I went beyond language, I suppose, as a teacher, and that's where I think I am effective as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, that I believe that. The language comes first, mm-hmm. and then it comes last, mm-hmm. and that your work is everything in between as an actor, right. um, and so that you know, with with your physicality, with the tone of with the tone, not just pronunciation, mm-hmm. but with the tone, um, you with images, you in fact pa- paint the pictures yeah. uh, through your body, right? Mm-hmm. So that it is not just the language. It is everything else that we do on the stage, yeah. and we know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was just the language, then um, anyone could just sure. say the language, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's all of these other things. Of course, you have to have a command of language, and of mm-hmm. course, you have to be clear. But uh, for me, it was like, what is other than mm-hmm. pronunciation? What is there other than the language yeah, yeah, yeah. that that I have to offer as an actor? And then, then you... You start going, I, I would do a lot of the times I would go, uh, my language, uh, English, my language, English, Croatian, English, Croatian, English, to, to really get to the bottom mm-hmm. of what is underneath the language, mm. you know, and it's different in different languages. Yeah. And that's another beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just that there is physicality. It's what is the physicality that this particular a resonance of this word mm. or this image in this language will give me, mm-hmm. which now becomes, you know, super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me what is there, what's your favorite part about teaching acting at, uh, at Ryerson? Um, at Ryerson or anywhere else, it's about finding out, uh, finding out about that person mm-hmm. and finding out, uh, you know, how they work and what they need to do to to uh, really 
become aware, mm-hmm. to become aware. I think it's all training in awareness. Mm-hmm. So being aware of what you're doing as you're doing it, um, and everybody comes to that awareness um, differently. Yeah. But also there is something that um, is, and what I love about teaching acting is that there is something that is measurable. There is something that can be taught. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know that talent itself it cannot be taught but right. i would say that still talent is just maybe 10 percent, and how mm-hmm. what you're going to do with it i mean how you're going to nurture it is the 90 yeah. percent. you know so it can be nurtured and i believe nurturing talent is extremely important and it yeah. can be nurtured and it can be put through phases so that you can at a certain time and that's curriculum. And I guess yeah. I've been working in curriculum as a program director for 15 years mm-hmm. at Ryerson of this acting program. Um, what happens at this juncture? What happens at this this yeah. juncture? What happens at this juncture? So, I mean, from teaching beginners sensory exercises and, mm-hmm. and just how do we, it, how do we, uh, experience our world mm-hmm. through senses and how do we then uh, you know really embody uh, our our instrument through senses yeah to what is the meaning of style that's a that's a that's a progression what mm. is the meaning of style um how do we then you know um create a quality uh, uh, and style being a, a, a quality, mm-hmm. style being a quality, a distinctive quality mm-hmm. using distinctive means of expression. Mm-hmm. So starting from how do I embody, how do I uh, use my senses to how do I then choose and create a style is, a, is I guess, mm-hmm. that progression that I'm mm-hmm. interested in. When you're talking about style, are you talking about like the the individual characters, the style, an acting style? style? I'm talking about that everything is a style. So if if you if you say musical theater, Mm -hmm. um, there are styles of musical theater Mm -hmm. even. Uh, But then you have um, I don't know a clown show. That's a style, Mm -hmm. and uh, and then you can talk about physical theater. That's a huge Mm -hmm. huge field. But let's say that's a style. But then but then you can talk about some kind of a, um, a poetic uh, symbolist um, approach, mm-hmm. or you could talk about naturalism, or you could talk about, talk about realism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People, I think, and I think that's something that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about, explaining that naturalism and realism is also a style, and it is, yeah. to a certain degree, stylized. Yeah. So it is always choosing a distinct manner of expression. Mm-hmm. So what is distinct in your manner of expression? Do you want to be lifelike, or do you want to mm-hmm. step out of the life and mm-hmm. sing a song? Or, you know, do you be, want to have huge movements, or do you have mm-hmm. minimalism? And are you uh, focusing on atmosphere or atmosphere? or are you focusing on making the expression larger than life you know are you using the audience as a part of your um uh, circumstances or are you putting a fourth wall all of that is going to um, result in a distinct manner and hopefully everyone in a company Mm. knows what style they're in right hopefully hopefully yeah it's not a conversation that's often um um broached no I think that everybody just hopes that I think you hope that everyone is sort of on the same page when you have your conversation on the first day about what does it look like and this that and the other thing and hopefully everybody figures it out. 
but nothing yes. stands out quite as much as somebody who's who's in a different, in a different style. style. I, yeah. know, I know, I yeah. know, I know. It's interesting what you said about um, the way that it, acting can be taught. Um, that the talent is ten percent because I think that's something that that um, generally people don't think about. I think that people think that you can be taught to paint, you can be taught to draw. But maybe dance and acting can't be taught because you either have it or you don't. Yeah. And yet. I think that's a myth. I really yes, do. Yeah. I think that it can be taught. And mm. I see mm -hmm. a progression of people as they as they go through the training, mm -hmm. simply through the training. And there are measurables there. Mm -hmm. You know, the measurables maybe are invisible sometimes or you mm -hmm. can't uh, grab them like mm -hmm. you can a painting. Yeah. Uh, that is, we work with energy we work with some invisible things yes yeah um and that is where i think um you know things like radiation how how much can you radiate how much yeah. how much uh, um, uh energy and charisma will you will you pro um, project to to get the audience into your sphere of influence mm -hmm. that is something that we we can work on mm -hmm. you know i think though it it means working and that mm -hmm. it means training it yeah. means discipline training and that is one of the things that um sometimes people uh, forget that actors do train yeah. you know we do go we we do things that are boring mm -hmm. and we repeat them and repeat them repeat mm -hmm. them until we make that breakthrough and say okay now i know what it means to mm -hmm. work with an image mm -hmm. instead of a dry thought yeah. you know or, or and and then we keep working on that yep. for 30 years yeah, yeah. but like you know there is a lot of that yeah and yeah people do forget for for dance they still think okay the dancers at least they have to do their class they have to they have to yeah. have the but for actors they um, i think uh usually um your uh, general population will think, well, you know, you just act. Yeah, no, Don't absolutely. You? Yeah. You or, know how to walk you, and talk, you, you know? I to... mean, you say that you say I went to theater school to, to the average person. They're like, oh, what did you do? Like, <laughs> yes, just, and there is a lot to be done. There is a lot to be done. There is voice yeah. training. There is movement mm -hmm. training. Yeah. There is, uh, of course, um, again, training with, with imagery and mm -hmm. how do you... Uh, receive from your partner how do you react yeah. um how do you have uh, trust what is an impulse mm -hmm. uh, there's yeah. always there is always that great well question. there is there is that question right and yeah it's one of those things that if you if you've if you've made the jump from say the theater that you did in high school or yes. amateur theatricals and then you you try to go into into like something more serious and somebody starts talking about impulse and you're like impulse what's that yeah you know you sort of get <laughs> sometimes people get lost in that oh gosh yeah, yeah that's 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 and that is a hard one mm -hmm. and um, yeah. i mean i i have found a definition that i like uh which is a leap of the imagination mm -hmm. so if we're training if if our main training is in awareness and that is in awareness through imagination, mm -hmm. I should have mm -hmm. said earlier, yeah. then I would say that uh, in impulse is where you leap, mm -hmm. where you take a leap of faith, mm -hmm. where you, where you, where something moves you yeah. in some way out of the ordinary, mm -hmm. I suppose. It, it, imagination is, is probably the most important tool in the actor's toolbox because... Yes, I would agree. The, it, it's the thing that... People who don't do it, don't do. 
because they grew up. Yeah. They they grew up, they got a job, they stopped imagining and playing pretend. Yeah. Um, children are able to, to act, quote unquote, act instinctually because they can imagine themselves in whatever situation. And so they play pretend very right well. away. And we, we unlearn that as we become yeah. too old to do it. Yeah. And as, and as soon as it's, and I often think that's like the saddest moment is when somebody can no longer play, Yeah. you know, when you, when you've lost the magic of play. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, is there, oh, have you worked with people who've forgotten that play is important and managed to inspire them back to, to finding that imagination? Yeah, yeah, I think I mean I think that's a lot of teaching act, actually mm -hmm. is that maybe maybe it's 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 gi giving the space to that mm -hmm. or giving different um different I guess cues for that mm -hmm. through different exercises different approaches into the imagination mm -hmm. um tickling the imagination, mm. um, you know, flirting with the imagination mm -hmm. uh, from many different ways. I think that is actually what we do all the time, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah, we have, I mean, I, in, in, and this is Michael Chekhov's acting technique, which which is all about, Chekhov was big on imagination, mm -hmm. Stanislavski's great student. And um, at the beginning of a lot of my classes, we we cross the threshold into a space mm -hmm. that would, in some way, support mm -hmm. the artist in, into a space that 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 helps with with play, with imagination, yeah. with trust, with all of those things. And I would say that that very crossing the threshold, that very moment of making the decision to go. Um, to go back, if you will, into the play, back into the imagination, back to, into yeah. the world of the imagination is something that, first and foremost, I always do. Like, you have to make that decision. Yeah. You have to say, okay, I will do this, you yeah. know. And and then from that place, you can have doubt or how could I make this better. But if you mm -hmm. haven't made that, I'm going to go and play, yeah. then we can become... You know, it slows us up, and we can become cynical, and we can become we can question yeah. too much, and uh, it can become almost impossible to play. Yeah, and, and and if you haven't played, then starting to play can be very um, frightening. Like it's vulnerable to put yourself in that situation because so you've learned that um, grown ups don't play, mm -hmm. and now you're supposedly a grown up. And you're not supposed to play anymore, but now you have to be willing to look foolish, yeah. which can be a difficult yeah. threshold to cross. Very. But we have to be willing to look foolish. Yeah. And, and we have to be willing to make, to make mistakes. Right? And go yeah. outside uh, of how we experience ourselves mm -hmm. in a daily life, in our yeah. daily life. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, to, to, to stretch. I mean, that's the whole point, I yeah. think, uh, that we want to go. And that sometimes makes us feel foolish. Oh, I sure. never do that, or yeah. I never feel like this, or yeah. I never do this movement. I never do that. Um, but, of course, then we get to the question of, which I. <laughs> yes, well, there's that. There's that. Um, to get back to uh, Foreign Tongue. Yes. Um, you said that it, you wrote it for six years? Well, n not Not like quite. constantly, because I no. think that nobody no, 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 works no. I, there was like a big, that, but... big, big break of about uh, three years okay. in there. So... Um, I, I, we had a workshop in 2013. Mm -hmm. 
And after that, I, I did have a personal tragedy. Okay. And um, I, nothing was very funny for mm. uh, a couple of, I lost my partner very suddenly. Mm. And, um, and after Jeff, it was about two and a half years that I couldn't get back to it. I just couldn't mm -hmm. work. And uh, on that. And then um, it was really my dear friend, Janet Burke, mm -hmm. who said, you've got, it was so good. You've mm -hmm. got to go back to it. And uh, Video Cabaret mm -hmm. um, gave us a three-day workshop. Nice. Thank you, Deanne. <laughs> and uh, and we sat down, mm -hmm. um, wonderful group of people, uh, Tamara Bernier-Evans, Martin Julian, um, Banuta Rubesh, uh, Jasmine Chen, um, Tatiana Chorney, um, I will forget someone. I'm sorry in advance, and myself, and uh, and we we read through it and 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 kind of talked about it. Mm -hmm. And after that, I I, I wrote another draft, mm -hmm. and it did really go well the first time around, and, yeah. and like lots of laughter, and. And so then we redid it here at uh, Paradise Festival, which is which was the first inaugural year of it, um, in twenty seventeen, and we had three weeks then mm -hmm. to workshop it. So really, if you if you will, I started yeah. in sixteen, I picked uh, in thirteen, picked yeah. up late sixteen, right. and then I would say it's seventeen and eighteen that I've been working on it. At what point did you decide that you wanted to do it at the next stage festival? Um, at the point that I I submitted the application, <laughs> were, were you was that a sudden decision or were you? You know, you it was. It? it was. Uh, it was uh, uh, Daniel Abrahamson who um, just alert who wrote them. So Justin Hickox wrote um, first uh, half of the music, mm -hmm. and then Daniel Abrahamson the second half of the music so we have two composers mm -hmm. so J justin was on the first uh 2013 project mm -hmm. and then he just um uh, through because really of the um logistics and um, mm -hmm. um what we needed at the time daniel came in and wrote wonderfully as well both of them did beautiful job incredibly grateful to have two wonderful composers uh who have worked on this and Daniel just said oh you know the next stage festival the application is staffed tomorrow mm. and by that point I have put in a couple of applications mm -hmm. yep. and so I said okay let's let's put that one in and um, and it came through and yeah. I think it's a wonderful festival yeah. I uh, have seen plays there and I think the community comes to see it I mm -hmm. mean by that I mean a theater community yeah. but also yeah. the fringe people the fringers yes. come yeah. and it's it comes at a good time in the year as well when like everybody's uh, wanting to get out of the house it certainly does come at a time when we're like more likely to not go out, so it's good to have the excuse yes. to go out, something to draw us and out to of go the house. to the yes. tent exactly. And the tickets exactly. are only fifteen dollars. Exactly. I mean, like exactly. it's the best deal in it town. Really, it's a really good deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, were, were you? You said that you'd, you'd applied to a few other 
Yeah, I mean, I've 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 applied to um, the riser, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, with every project like that, there yeah. is there is a few uh, rejections that mm-hmm. you get. Sure. I mean, uh, and and um, this is a hard project in that it has ten actors. That's going to be something that people sometimes and it. And so people, yeah. producers that have come to, they said, oh, wonderful, but I just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. And so we're hoping that at, from this next stage festival, the mm-hmm. bigger producers will, will yeah. hear about this and take us on because there's only a few of the bigger producers who can do that in sure. this country. There are very few who can it's who hard do It's hard to that. do a mid-sized musical. It, it, I mean, it's hard to, I mean... A, even a large size musical outside of um, yes. uh, the, the amateur groups is is hard and expensive to do. Super so hard. Do it. Super hard. Yeah, we are very lucky to have everybody here is 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 working um, for um, the love of it. And oh, the sure. Joy joy of it. That is the that is the advantage to both Fringe and the next day. Yeah, festival, is I mean, it gives people the the freedom to be able to work on something for the love of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, I mean, it's such a fantastic festival for that and gave us that opportunity, you know. Um, and we have a wonderful cast. Uh, Some people, lots of people have returned to Mm. it. So, uh, Victoria Hauser, who plays, uh, now our Kathy lead, she's, she's gone through the ranks. Uh huh. She was a few characters that don't exist anymore. Okay. In the first version in 2013. Then in a shorter, we actually had a shorter, another um, music and dramaturgy workshop this year uh, um, in uh, in April. Um, she, May, she was um, the ESL instructor, which is a big part. Mm-hmm. And then now she's our lead, Kathy. Mm. And then um, Julius Cho, uh, has claimed the role of Paul Lee mm. and Jenna Daly uh, has claimed the role of Nurse Cannon mm. and uh, is she's been with us for a while yeah. now since 17 and um, Nicholas Rice was there in 2013 mm-hmm. and so we have about um, that's our half of the cast nice. and, and myself yeah. half of the cast has been there and then we've welcomed um, um, Mike Ricard, Ricardi Jean, who is uh, from Haiti, mm-hmm. and uh, who plays Pele, and uh, we have uh, Phoebe Hu, uh, who plays Madeline um, from Taiwan, mm-hmm. and um, and we have oh yes, and Ali McDonald was with us in this last workshop. Mm-hmm. He plays David, mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh, have I mentioned everybody? I'm sure I have. Oh, no. Of course. Um, um, Kaylee Banka is our ESL instructor. Mm-hmm. And she's new to us. So Kaylee, Phoebe, um, Mike, and Mladen Obradovic. He is our Yura from okay. Russia. Okay. So we have we have actually um, and our director Stefan Jeparoshki mm-hmm. um, is from former Yugoslavia as well. Okay. So we have a, a number of us. Um, yeah. um, how would I say, uh, new Canadians? Yes. Yeah. And we have Stefan and Mladen and Phoebe and um, myself. And uh, Michael Cardigan, mm. uh, who are the accented people, <laughs> nice. and then we nice. have some 
you know, people whose parents have accents. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I know that a lot of uh, Canadians have that experience. Oh, sure, absolutely, yeah. And so, yeah. and then, of course, the 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 heart the, the heart of this show is to put one of you lucky people who don't have accents mm -hmm. into our shoes. Of course, yes. Yeah. So that is that is uh, you know that is that is the main heart of the mm -hmm. stories. You can't understand me until you've walked in my shoes, and and Kathy she walks in a shoe mm -hmm. of a new Canadian, and through it she finds friendship. Mm -hmm. She finds love mm -hmm. and she finds her community, but not in the way she expected. Nice. And so, you know, uh, that's 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 the transformation that happens in her life. You know, that thing of something that you think is the biggest curse that ever, ever, sure. ever yeah. happened to you. If you will, like my accent to me, and then it gave me the biggest joy, which is teaching. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, uh, you know, just finding a way through it yeah. is, is sometimes... Um, very yeah. very challenging but you know uh, um, uh, Tolstoy I think said there are only two stories mm -hmm. which is a stranger comes to town and a man goes on a voyage mm. and I always say in foreign tongue a stranger comes to town but this woman never had to go on a voyage mm. okay. she stayed in her own hometown mm. Okay. It's not her hometown. Yeah. She's from Peterborough, yeah, Ontario, <laughs> but close to, close, and we say that enough in the in the play. Yeah. But but uh, she lives in Toronto, and mm -hmm. she and and she becomes a stranger in in her town. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, you know, so and goes on a, and goes on a voyage. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I think anyone uh, can identify with that uh, need to belong. Sure. And that. That in that, I think we're all the same. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We all want to belong. Yeah, you know. So it's yeah. about that. In the end, it is about belonging, and I think that's why. Um, I would say every group has related to it. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. that is that is one of the essential human desires. Is to belong. Needs, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, Cynthia, thank you so much. This has been this has been great. Thank you. This has been a Homebody Productions production.